So I think that that also helps to move people through a lot of these blocks or limiting beliefs or the things that always come up where it's like, I am actually a strong person. I can do this because here I am at the top of a mountain. So there's no better example of you being able to do hard things. This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. My guest this week is Nyla Blades Wiley, the founder and CEO of Color Outside, a curated travel company for women of color who are ready to create unapologetic, joy-filled lives through outdoor adventure. Nyla started Color Outside as a safe place for women of color to come together and unlock where they're feeling stuck so they can fully step into their joy and shine. When she's not leading adventure retreats, you can find her hiking with her husband or playing intense games of hide-and-go-seek with her two tiny kids. Now, I'm always intrigued by companies based on live events. And so I wanted to hear more about how Nyla develops, plans for, and markets her color outside retreats. We chat about how far out she starts planning, why she starts with the fun decisions, how she handled a particular logistical nightmare, and why no apologies is one of color outside's chief values. Let's find out what works for Nyla Blades Wiley. Nyla Blades Wiley, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. So I want to start kind of before the company even got started. How did you personally find uh, a love for the great outdoors? Yeah. You know, I've always been, um, I guess, kind of adventurous. So I've I've always been a, a try anything once type of person. And while I didn't grow up um, camping or doing any of that outdoorsy stuff. Um, once I got to high school and, you know, I had kind of a, a friend group that would, they would go camping or they might do a little bit of hiking here or there. Um, so I, I started getting into it there then, but I think when I really started getting into, um, kind of more of the outdoor life was, uh, moving to Utah. So we moved from Southern California to Salt Lake city, Utah, and it was a huge, huge transition But um, the great thing about Salt Lake City um, and Utah in general is just how beautiful it is and how outdoorsy everyone is. So it's just really in your face. There's no excuse not to get outdoors. You know, the mountains are like 15 minutes away. So that's when I feel like I really started getting into it a lot more. But um, growing out, I was growing up, I was more adventurous. So it was like, oh, okay, you know, I, I'll try hiking once, but I wouldn't say I was a hiker or I wouldn't say I was outdoorsy. Gotcha. That's very similar to my experience with <laughs> the great outdoors as well. I did not grow up hiking or camping or doing any of those things right. too. But you get plopped in an area where there's all this beauty around you. And I don't know how you can't get out there and explore it. So exactly. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So then eventually that leads you to start color outside. How did you come up with the idea and um, what were some of the first things you did to get that, that company started? Yeah. So what really, um, you know, so like I said, we moved from, we were in San Diego at the time and we moved to Salt Lake city and it was just a huge transition. And my daughter was like a little over a year. So I was a new, a new mother and it was just a lot going on. (laughs) So I just felt really um, kind of discombobulated. I didn't feel like myself anymore. I didn't know, you know, who I was at my core, just like all of that stuff was happening and we're moving and I didn't know anyone. So I was really just looking for um, community was one of the things I was looking for. And then also I wanted to, if we were going to do this move, um, I was like, you know, we might as well um, 
you know, have the adventure. So if we're going to be in Utah, we might as well make the best out of it and we should explore. So I was like, well, how can I figure out how to explore with other women who might be going through the same thing? Um, as you know, Salt Lake City is not the most diverse place in the world. Right. So I was like, you know, I bet you there's other women of color who are kind of feeling all of these things that I'm feeling right now. So I started a, a meetup group. Um, so just started a meetup group, called it Color Outside, um, and just wrote that where I was like, you know, just moved here, looking for community, would love to get out with other women of color and explore this, you know, new state of ours. And uh, that's how we got started. And what I realized was just from, you know, me getting out there, um, hiking and exploring and kayaking and just being out in the wild, it helped me to really reconnect to that part of myself that I was missing. So I felt you know, my mind stopped racing. Um, I felt like I was able to think through things a little bit more. I was just, just got a broader perspective of everything that was going on in my life. And I was like, you know, I, I think other women need this. Um, so that's, that's how it, you know, got started. So it started off as just like a free meetup group because it was something that I needed. And then through that process, I realized that I thought that, you know, other women would love this as well. Um, also, as I, was, as I was just sharing my experience on like my own personal Instagram and Facebook, all of my friends from around the world were like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing out in the mountains? This looks amazing. I would love to do this. So that's kind of how um, I was like, oh, you know, this is something that's necessary. Um, and that's also how the first idea for uh, my first retreat was born from just other people that were like, I would love to get out in the wild for like a weekend. Um, but, you know, I have no one to do it with. So it's like, hey, we'll come to Utah and we'll do it together. Nice. So was there a particular meetup or a particular comment someone left that really made you say, okay, I got to look at how to, uh, you know, how to package this and sell this and, and make it something bigger? Or was it more of an evolution? Um, so it was a little bit of an evolution, but there was one meetup where um, it was just me and one other woman. So uh, we went to, I think it was one of the waterfall hikes. And for whatever reason, no one else showed up. So it was just me and one other woman. And so we were, you know, walking and uh, talking and just talking about all types of things. And um, because it was just two of us, I learned so much about her. And so I have a background um, as a, I'm certified as a life and business coach. So coaching just kind of comes naturally. And I love hearing people's stories. And, you know, if there's a way for me to kind of connect thoughts, um, I love doing that. And so she started talking about how she was in this job that she hated and her true passion was writing. And she just wanted to figure out ways to write and support herself. So I was like, you know, that's totally possible. I know tons of people who are writing and supporting themselves, whether they are, um, you know, writing fiction, like my sister who writes fiction, or if they're copywriters, or if they're marketer, you know, there's just so many possibilities for you. And she had just never thought about that. So during our whole hike, we just kind of like walked and talked and like mapped out things for her. Um, and so by the end of it, she was like, I feel so much better. And I also have like a plan, like I'm going to go home and research all this stuff. I'm going to figure out a way to get out of this job that I hate and figure out how to make a career from, from writing. So it was then where I was like, huh, like, so I could, <laughs> I could kind of combine all of these things to help women, which is um, something I've always been passionate about. And I, um, so I think that was like one of the big, bright aha moments where I was like, this is a thing that has legs and it can um, work and I can kind of package a lot of things together in a way that's not being done. So I could package the outdoor experience and, and the adventure piece and, you know, getting women of color outside. Um, and I could also package that with, you know, transformational coaching. Um, and I could also package that with just that, that need for community that we all have. 
Gotcha. I think that's such a, a beautiful example of, you know, we d- we figure out kind of what works in the moment right. while we're actually doing it, right. right? And we realize, oh, wait, this is the thing mm-hmm. that I do that's most valuable. It may not be the thing you were charging for initially. It may not be the thing that you thought you were building a business around. And then in the moment you realize, okay, this is me being at my highest value, or this is a container that I can create that is the highest value container I can create. I love that. I love that you realized, I love that you realized it in the moment that you were actually doing it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Cause I, I left that hike. I mean, I leave all the hikes feeling really energized, but I left that one particularly energized. Cause I was like, I got, you know, kind of what I needed. And also, like you said, I was able to, um, kind of use my like superpowers, uh, in the way that I love, I, I love using them. Awesome. Okay, so you mentioned uh, retreats, and I want to do- deep dive into retreats here in in a minute or two. But mm-hmm. I'm curious now, as as Color Outside has evolved, are there any other revenue streams that you have going on with the company? Yeah, so we do retreats. Um, I also have a 10 week coaching program that's wrapped up with a retreat. So it's a 10 week coaching program where we go over how to just fill your life with more adventure and more joy. Um, uh, you know, do all the things that I needed to do, you know, uncover your passions, all that stuff and, and take action on it. Um, and that's also wrapped up with an in-person retreat. And then I also do um, a VIP coaching day where, you know, if you wanted more of a one-on-one experience, you could come out, um, hang out with me <laughs> and do like a VIP coaching day and we'll do um, some outdoor adventures and do some um, deep dive coaching as well. Gotcha. And I'm curious, just from sort of a, I guess, almost a philosophical perspective, (laughs) what do you think, uh, what is it about combining kind of the adventure, the outdoors piece with coaching? Um, Are you getting better results from that? Do you, or do, do you find that the transformation you're creating now is different than what you had created previously as a coach? Um, what does it, how, you know, does it allow you to get deeper with your clients? Maybe that's probably a leading question, but I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about your, how your experience has changed bringing in this other tool set. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is, um, so I think one of the biggest things is just getting out, out from your regular routine. So I, you know, as I, I work with women and as women, we're just busy, right? So we're thinking about 12 different things at a time, you know, for moms we're handling like all the mom stuff or the wife stuff or the spouse stuff or work or for entrepreneur, we just have a lot going on. So I think that's one of the biggest things is just getting women outside of their regular routine um, where they can focus on themselves. So, you know, you're out in the wild. Most of the time there's no cell service. Like there's really nothing else to do, but just focus on yourself and focus on why you're there. So I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, and then I also feel like there's something about the adventure piece too. So you're already, you know, kind of moving, you're already taking action on something. So I feel like it builds momentum for you. And I know the thing that I always, um, I always feel so appreciative of just like my body where I'm like, oh, you know, my legs are strong. I feel my heart pumping, like the air is breathing. Like I, you could just really feel like your actual physical body and you can actually feel just strong and, you know, like, like a badass while you're out there. So I think that that also helps to move people through a lot of these blocks or limiting beliefs or the things that always come up where it's like, I am actually a strong person. I can do this because here I am at the top of a mountain. So there's no better example of you being able to do hard things. 
amen to that. Okay. Let's, let's deep dive into retreats now. So when you've got a retreat coming up on the calendar, what are some of the first things you do? Uh, and how far out do you start planning for a retreat? Yeah. So, um, typically I'm trying to get better at it. So, uh, with the last couple of retreats, I usually start planning, um, I would say about like four to six months out. Um, the last retreat I did in April was like a last minute one because I was pregnant. So I was, it ended up being, um, it happened when I was 37 weeks pregnant and I just, yeah. So (laughs) I was looking at the calendar and I was like, Oh, if I don't do a retreat kind of like now in April, I won't be able to do another one until like maybe September. Um, so that kind of made, I was like, I really, really would like to squeeze one in. So probably in, in March, I think it was like early, maybe like the last week of February is when I announced it. And then it happened kind of mid April. So that was, I think kind of the shortest amount of time I've um, given myself to plan a retreat and I wouldn't recommend that again (laughs) for myself. So typically, um, it takes about four to six months for me to really plan, um, everything that's going to go into it. And I usually start with, um, I start with the fun stuff. So I start with the place I want to go. Um, and I really love focusing in on um, just places that you wouldn't typically take a vacation or places that I wouldn't have typically taken a vacation before I went down this path. So our next retreat is in Wyoming. And, you know, everyone I tell that they're like, why, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, Wyoming is beautiful. It's stunning. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite places, but I never, ever would have gone to Wyoming had we not been living in Salt Lake City. So we just kind of went there. My husband had to go there for um, a work thing and me and my daughter tagged along. And I was like, this is amazing. And I want to make sure that everybody, I want to share this with other people. So that's usually how I pick the locations. It's just like amazing places that are not, you know, it's not. LA or it's not, uh, you know, Palm Springs. Um, so I usually start there. And then I, um, the, the next thing I do is I find like an amazing house. So that's the first thing I do is find, you know, I go on and find like the best, like most amazing house where we could spend this retreat. Um, and then I just kind of start dialing into the details. So I'm like, you know, what are the most unique things that we can do while we're out here? Um, at the last retreat we went, um, you know, swimming in a, a, a crater. So it was a 10,000 year old Whoa. crater. Yeah. And you could like swim in there and it was like uh, 86 degrees and just perfect. Um, you know, we've done dance hall classes where someone comes in and teaches you how to like really connect with your body. Um, we've done kayaking. So just thinking through like, what's the most unique activity we could do um, in that location. And then um, just kind of dialing it in from there, like making the calls, um, figuring out um, the schedule. There's always like some sort of dance or yoga component. And then we always have um, a chef that is just there the entire time whipping up um, amazing food. And then we also always have a photographer who is part of everything and kind of trails us around and takes like um, phenomenal pictures. So um, yeah, so then I, I just start kind of start from like the most exciting thing I could think of where I'm like, oh, we're going to go to this place and stay in this amazing house and do these fun, unique activities. And I just drill down from there. Gosh, that makes a ton of sense. And also sounds like so much fun. Um, (laughs) I'm curious about your budgeting process, Uh because as someone who merely dabbles in retreats and is not good at it, um, but does it just so that I get to go to my favorite place right. more than once <laughs> per year. Um, <laughs> I'm curious how you kind of uh, think through putting your budget together and sort of how then you think through pricing your retreats. 
Yeah. So um, a fun thing about me is so uh, my kind of past life corporate experience was in forecasting. So I'm really amazing at um, spreadsheets, Excel spreadsheets, and plugging stuff in. So I have this massive Excel spreadsheet, and I put in all of the hard costs of the retreat. So the house, the chef, the photography, you know, all of those costs. Um, you know, I, I leave a little wiggle room and then I just have this like, um, formula that it's like, okay, if I got like six people to come to the retreat, this is how much, and I charge, you know, X amount of money, this is how much profit I make. So it's just kind of a whole, um, thing that like spits out the right price for me a little bit. So I just, um, when I'm kind of going through that planning mode of like saying like, okay, if we did, um, these three activities, how much would that cost? per person. And then if we have, you know, the chef costs this much money and the photographer and the house costs this. Um, and then I just kind of plug in a couple of different prices of where I would love to charge. And then I see like how much, how much that gives me and how much wiggle room I have from there. And then I kind of go from there. Gotcha. So it, it sounds like it's a little bit of a, uh, yeah, kind of figuring out what works as you go, as opposed to, you know, putting it all together and just spitting out a number that is correct, right? off the bat. Does that a little look, bit? That right? Yeah. So I feel like I'm getting better at um, looking at something and saying like, okay, well, if we're going to be there for four days and three nights, it's it, I'm going to have to, you know, price it at this much money. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a little bit better at that. But when I first started out, I was like, well, I, I don't want to, and I couldn't, I couldn't afford to uh, charge one price and then go like vastly over those costs. Right. So I just made sure that I had all of the costs plugged in and then had all of like my profit kind of spit out from there. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned the P word too. Um, (laughs) Okay. So planning retreats, I know can be a bit of a logistical nightmare. I mean, I think for all the fun things that you've just talked about that they allow you to do and that you get to, to take all the participants uh, on these great adventures with you. That also means that there's a lot of moving pieces. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us about a particular logistical challenge that you had either during a retreat or leading up to retreat and how you resolved it? Yeah. So one thing that happened during the first retreat was I wasn't planning on providing transportation from the airport to the site. So I was like, you know, you can um, take an Uber, take a Lyft, take a cab. I provided the the um, address and everything. And I was like, that will be fine. It's one less thing for me to worry about. And what I realized was that the, the house was so secluded that it would have been just like near impossible for like, like an Uber or anybody to get there without somebody like kind of directing them like, oh, turn, you know, at the second tree, make a right kind of thing. So I was like, oh my goodness, um, I'm going to have all these women just like roaming around the mountains (laughs) of Utah. (laughs) And I can't have that. That is not what I wanted. So I, I literally, I enlisted my husband to make several trips back and forth from the airport, um, up into the house. And it had started snowing that night. So he had to like drive through this mountain pass and it was snowy and it was dark and he had to go back and forth like, like four or five times. And I felt so badly for him, but it was, it was just the only way that we could um, make it work. So that was, it was a logistical nightmare and it really was something I should have thought through a little bit better beforehand, but just didn't. I thought it would be easier to be like, Hey, like here's the address, you know, you show up at the house and we'll go from there. Um, so now I make sure to provide the transportation and, uh, sort that out beforehand. And my husband is not involved. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I'm also working on getting, um, some transportation sponsors. So working with brands to be like, oh, you are the official transportation sponsor for the entire 
um, four days or the entire week or the entire weekend. So that was one uh, just logistical nightmare. And it was totally my fault. And I uh, didn't think it through. And luckily, uh, my husband is, um, you know, totally game to jump in his car and drive uh, back and forth with all these with all these women so that that it worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Transportation is a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Because then I, I had rented, I thought about, you know, so I rented like one of those 15 passenger vans. Um, so for like, while we were at the retreat, I was like driving people around, which is also something I'd like to get away with from is like me actually transporting people from like activity right. to activity. Um I guess it's like me like trying on my like soccer mom identity, but yeah, the, the transportation part was definitely a nightmare. So working on um, just getting a transportation sponsor and, and doing away with that and having someone just drive us around. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about marketing your retreats. Mm -hmm. How do you go about finding participants, the people who are going to sign up uh, to come and have these adventures with you? Yeah. So the first retreat that I did honestly was like all people that I kind of knew. So either I knew them personally or they were like a friend of a friend. And then from there, I was like, okay, now I have to actually start to get like people that I don't know to, to come to these retreats. So um, I find that I get the the most participants and the most success I have with Color Outside and marketing is through, we have a private Facebook group. So I've found that, you know, we have... Um, Lots of women that are coming from the group and going, you know, directly into either the course or the retreat. So that's been, I think, the most successful marketing thing. Um, also collaborating with other brands that are kind of similar, have similar missions. So I've um, done like workshops for, you know, other people's um, audience and just um, inviting them to the retreat. And then I also have been hosting webinars, which is a lot of fun. Um so doing kind of like a webinar slash Facebook ad combo. So I find that that's been working to just bring in um, new people that I have no connection with. Um, so that's, I think those three things I also do. Um, so I still run the meetup group, which is a free meetup group. So if you're local to Salt Lake City, um, people kind of come through there. So I, I do do some live events and I find that that um, works as well. But live events are hard, especially, you know, I was pregnant the, and had a baby um, basically like this last year. So I haven't been able to do as many live events. So I've been focusing a lot more on the webinar strategy, the Facebook ads, and then also the private Facebook group. Gotcha. So I want to ask you more about the Facebook group, but but I think my my first question is going to be about the workshops, the webinars. Um, I'm really fascinated right now about uh, in regards to kind of businesses who are using content marketing, but aren't in the information marketing space and how they're using content marketing to do that when it doesn't necessarily make sense for you to get uh, well, and maybe this is what you do, and I'd be fascinated to hear if that does work for you, but it, it's not as cut and dry where you're not getting on a webinar, I think, and saying like, this is the 10 things you need to know about hiking or like five steps to hiking better. Um, so what, what are you teaching or presenting on in a workshop space? And how do you relate that back to then your sales process for actually getting people into the retreats? Yeah. So typically I'm, um, 
I, usually I'm talking about the actual kind of the end result or the transformation from coming on a retreat. So um, a lot of times it is talking about, you know, burnout or just boredom. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> burnout and boredom are the two things that um, we're trying to, you know, combat against. Uh, and a lot of the women are just in that space where they're like, you know, I just feel kind of bored and listless with my life. Um, you know, I'm doing all the things for all the people. I don't have time to take out for myself or I don't feel like I have the time to take out for myself. I don't have any, you know, I don't remember what my hobbies or the fun things I used to do. So they just kind of feel like bored and listless. So a lot of times it's talking about that. Like, so how to like literally beat, like hop off that cycle of boredom and burnout and um, just inject more joy into your life. So a lot of times that's what we're talking about. Um, sometimes there'll be, um, you know, a lot of the objections that come up are usually around um, just like fear. So they're afraid of doing these new things or um, time. Um, I don't have time to go on a retreat or I don't have time to get outside or, you know, that. So a lot of times it's kind of combating some of those objections as well. So talking about like, this is how you make it, make the time to live a more adventurous life, or this is how you get past the fear of, um, you know, kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. So that's usually what the webinars are about. And then um, it's pretty easy to sell, you know, a retreat from there because that's the perfect solution to all of those things. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you're, you're basically going straight for the heart then you're not trying to necessarily, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're not trying to appeal to their brain and like teaching them a hundred things that they don't need to know or aren't open to right now. You're just really going to their heart, the emotions that they're feeling, the pain points that they're feeling and kind of expanding around that, creating a container for that, that then does allow you to naturally talk about, like you said, the perfect solution. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Cause I mean, you know, 10, 10 things to do on a hike or you might not need that. Like I, I'm not, I don't profess to be the like most uh, professional hiker or I don't know all the things about um, the outdoors, but I do know that the, the feeling and the transformation that you get from being outdoors or from having more adventure or from being more joyful in your life. So that's what I try and focus on. Awesome. Brilliant. I thank you so much for sharing that. Um, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about the Facebook group because these, uh, these things I feel like have both gotten out of control and also yeah. like are so, um, there's so much opportunity there still if they're used correctly. Yeah. So how are, what's your relationship like to your Facebook group and what are some of the things that you're doing there to get people engaged and talking and just, you know, uh, thinking about the color outside brand. Yeah. So I was actually kind of hesitant about the Facebook group thing. Cause I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm kind of burnt out on all things, social media sometimes where I'm just like, I don't want to do anything with Facebook. You know, Mark Zuckerberg is going to make me pay money to like reach this audience. So actually I kind of dragged my feet on creating a Facebook group. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. And I feel like it's one of the ways that I am able to like connect with, um, all of these women from around the world. I feel like it's a really easy way for them to connect with me and I could be really authentic and tell them what's going on in my life or tell them how I got to this point or just talk about, you know, whatever random thing is going on. Um, so I've just found it really, um, I don't know. It's it's been, I think, one of the best ways and one of the best um, things for reaching out to my audience and really connecting with them um, authentically, but also quickly. So, you know, I, I don't feel like I have to 
it could take forever to warm some up, someone up through email because who knows how often they're opening the email or if they're reading or if they're connecting with it in the way that you want them to. But I feel like with the Facebook group, you know, I could um, write out a message. People could chat. I can chat on other people, comment on other people's messages. I could show up live in a video um, and it doesn't have to be a super fancy, high, highly produced, glossy video. It could be me like sitting in my backyard, which it often is, um, <laughs> just like talking to them. So I feel like it kind of has broken down a lot of those walls between, you know, fancy um, business woman or online marketer and my audience. Gotcha. And are you the primary uh, kind of content creator in your Facebook group? Or do you have a lot of member generated content or member generated posts, let's say? Yeah. Um, what's so the breakdown of that? It started out with just like me, which is it's tough, right? Because I'm like, yeah. I'm the only person talking. It's like talking into like, uh, like a dark cave. And you're like, hello, hello. Um, and then as it kind of went along, and with some prodding, people started um, posting their own content as well, which I love. So they're posting pictures of um, themselves outside. Um, you know, people started getting together where it was like, oh, I also live in Raleigh and, you know, getting together on their own little mini adventures, um, you know, asking questions, coming with concerns. Um, so what I just tried to do was really encourage it where it's like, hey, this is all of our spaces. So we want to make sure that we're building this community. And I'm not just um, the person like the all great and powerful Oz who's, you know, spouting out things to you. Um, so making sure it was more of a two-way street um, and just setting up a lot of the content that I put out there so that they are, um, feel compelled to share. So uh, I would say right now it's probably about, I think it's probably still like 60% content that I'm putting out and then 40% content from the members. That's incredible though. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear you know, people sharing that kind of content too, because that, that is what really creates connections between people in a group is when you can see people doing the thing or right. tackling the challenge that that group is created around, you create that sense of belonging and that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And just also making sure that I was focusing the content on kind of like taking action, getting outside and make sure that you show us that. So I, the thing that I was worried about was like, I, you know, I'm trying to build this outdoor group and this thing that's where, you know, we're getting outside, we're um, having adventures, we're moving our bodies. But then I'm like, hey, come and meet in this Facebook group and sit, <laughs> sit, you know, <laughs> behind a screen. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we've had like weekend challenges or week long challenges where it's like, you know, um, it's going to be five days of adventure and make sure that you're getting outside today and, and post your picture. So just kind of making sure that we're, um, I don't know, connecting the two well, mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like I'm like telling people they should get outside, but also I'm like, but sit down here and talk in my Facebook group for, you know, half the day. <laughs> gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. Okay. As we start to wrap up here, I wanted to ask you specifically about one of your company values, which mm -hmm. is no apologies. Yeah. Um, because I love this. Um, and I think it is a huge ideal for any fitness or, or adventure company to tackle because, you know, when we're, when we're new to the outdoors or even when we've been doing it for years and years, there's all sorts of things we can apologize for. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, I didn't get enough sleep last night. I'm sorry. I'm too slow. I'm sorry. I'm too fast. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
all, all, it's too cold. I'm sorry that I just can't handle this. Yeah. There's so Um, so, much, (laughs) so much that we could be apologizing for. So what are some of the specific ways that you've woven that ideal, that value into the way you run your company? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. So when I first started running the, even the free meetup group, people would apologize for everything. So the, you know, the women, they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so slow. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going so fast. Like exactly what you said. It was all these uh, apologies. And I was like, there's no need to be, you're just, you're out here and you're, um, you're doing the thing. That's all that matters. So it doesn't matter if you're way behind people. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're kind of speeding ahead. Um, everyone kind of forms their natural groups anyway. Um, I always make sure that nobody's left behind. Uh, so it'll be fine and we'll get there. We'll all get there when we get there. Um, and that's all that matters. So I think that the value plays out in a few different ways in the actual company. And the one is just um, really pushing unapologetic joy. So I feel that um, joy and expressing our joy and being really unapologetic about it is revolutionary, especially for women of color. So I think it's something that um, a lot of times is not like a, a given for us or we have to fight against, you know, the stereotype of like the angry black woman or the, you know, spicy Latina or whatever it is. So I think that just us showing up and being joyful and taking up that space is huge. And I think that that has ripples throughout our entire, you know, world and community. So that's the first thing is just making sure that I'm always pushing that unapologetic joy. And that I believe that um, as, you know, women of color, we deserve that and we should demand it and we should, you know, always be um, striving to that. And then the second wow. one is um, I also try to live my life in that way. You know, I don't make apologize apologies for who I am. Um, I don't try and hide, you know, some like I don't like I don't hide my political beliefs or, you know, or just anything or my business building beliefs. I, I try and be a pretty much open book and say, like, this is who I am. No apologies. And I think that that has helped me to build a really strong community because I'm able to connect with my audience um, that much faster and that much more authentically. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So I'm curious, what's next for Color Outside? What are you up to? What are you working toward? Is there a project that you've got on your plate? Yeah. So what I would love to do is create kind of, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, kind of like a mastermind style travel group. So it'd be a group where, you know, you're, you're traveling with the same group of women um, and we're, you know, maybe it's six months or a year long and we travel to um, three different places throughout that time. And we also come together for, uh, the coaching part of it. So we're, we're working on ourselves, we're traveling together, we're building that community and we just feel really tight knit all together. So that's the thing that, um, that's kind of my next, uh, next step and what I would really love to create. Um, so again, kind of combining, you know, there's a lot of travel groups and there's a lot of companies that do curated travel, but usually it's a one-off and you go somewhere and then, you know, that's it. Maybe you keep in contact with those people or maybe you don't, but I would love to kind of really, Uh, layer in the coaching aspect and then also really layer in that community aspect where you feel like, Hey, these are, these are my people. Um, (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I find it, it's so hard to like wrangle all of my friends to go anywhere. (laughs) So I would love, I mean, I think it would be awesome to be like, okay, here are the, here's my travel group and here's where I, um, here's where we're going. And we're also like 
becoming better people. So that's um, the next thing on the horizon. And then the other thing I would love to do is um, figure out a way to work with girls. So I'm really passionate about um, making sure that uh, young girls know that they're amazing and they they deserve to take up space and they deserve to feel joy and they they shouldn't have to shrink um, down to be in this world. And I have um, a little toddler, so it's it's personally important to me, but would love to do something with young girls. So maybe like a summer camp or something where they um, come out and kind of learn all of those different uh, tenants and then also just get out and um, again, feel their bodies and know that they're strong and powerful and, and brave. Well, that sounds fantastic. Both of those ideas. I love them both. Uh, Nyla Blades-Wiley, thank you so much for sharing about Color Outside and for kind of deep diving with us on how you plan your retreats. And um, I've just, I've really loved hearing what you're up to. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. Find out more about Nyla Blades-Wiley at coloroutside.org and follow Color Outside on Instagram at the handle at WeColorOutside. What Works is brought to you by CoCommercial. Okay, so what exactly is CoCommercial? CoCommercial is a social network, event producer, and support hub, especially for small business owners in the digital space. We know you want to turn the business you've started into something that will stand the test of time, provide for you and your family, and help your customers transform their lives or work. We connect you to people who get the obstacles you're facing as an entrepreneur. We produce events to educate, connect, and inspire you on your journey. We're a community of business owners who help you find creative solutions to your unique challenges without reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. Step one, join CoCommercial. Step two, share a challenge, obstacle, question, or setback you're currently facing in your business. Step three, get personalized answers from a diverse community of experienced business owners. Step four, never waste time on Google or Facebook trying to find answers for your business again. We're not another online course. We're not a free group where you get lost in a sea of self-promotion. We're not a cut and paste template for doing business online. And we're not aiming to teach you a hundred new things you don't have time for. We're here to support you on your journey. We help you get back on track and back to running, managing, and growing your business as quickly as possible. No fluff, just personalized, just-in-time answers to your biggest and smallest questions. Ready to give it a try? Request your invitation to the network today. Go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.